This podcast is made possible by our supporters over on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get your own RSS feed with ad-free shows and extra episodes every month, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Another episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. So it has been uh, a full week of finishing TV shows and TV shows that dropped. I finished Final Fantasy VII. It has been, uh, it's been eventful past week. Yeah, it sounds like it. I know you also finished The Sandman, which I'm about halfway done with watching it, I really like it so far, and I went in knowing absolutely nothing about that character or that universe. So it's been a nice surprise. I would highly recommend going back and getting some of the trade paperbacks uh, of of those uh, those issues uh, because it very it's very faithful to the uh, the comic. I mean, they've taken some liberties, like you know the. Uh, some of the characters they've made female and you know stuff like that but that's all fine it's all good doesn't change anything it's just it's so everything i expected it to be and more and i'm so happy that the the 30 year wait has been worth it yeah it's it's been really good i, I like the look of it i think everyone is cast really well and again that's from somebody that doesn't really know the characters but perfect you know, casting I, all around all around yeah. perfect casting yeah no it's, it's it's been really good i haven't had a chance to really watch too much uh it, it is the the calm before the storm because we're <laughs> we're filming uh my short this upcoming weekend so nice. gonna be a a full two days of, of shooting. So if I don't survive, it's been a great run. Uh, and I like to thank you all, but no, I'll, I'll probably be running on a little bit of fumes next week, but we'll make it through. Well, I mean, if, if you need to take next Monday off, we can, we can, I'm sure the, the listeners and patrons will allow us to give you a breather of a day and, you know, we could take the night off if you need to. Yeah, we'll see. All right. May, maybe, but I, I, I think I should be okay. I mean, if like I said, if you want to take the night off, we won't we won't hold it against you. And uh, if you do, I mean, I can always get uh, either Jacob or Wally or somebody to fill in, and uh, we could do a, do an extra show next week. But don't worry about it if you if you because I trust me, I know after uh, after Monsters Anonymous, I, I didn't want to do anything for like a week after filming that movie. What sucks is I still have to go to work the next day <laughs> after we're done. So that's gonna be fun. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, that's really been what I've been doing last little bit of prep. I, I think we're I think we're ready to rock and roll. So awesome. we'll uh it's like I said, the calm before the storm. Probably go Friday to set up Saturday's location. Um that way, you know, all we have to do is light it, run through it, and then get started. Sounds fun. I miss yeah. all that. And I, I will say that it, it's not going to be another three years before <laughs> I make another, because I've already got two other ones in yeah. the, uh, I, I will say this and I haven't really gotten to it yet, but I'm going to write a character for you in my murder mystery. Awesome. Fantastic. Who doesn't love a good murder mystery? No, I, I'm, I'm waiting. I, now I'm ready for you to send me the, <laughs> the script. I want to see this. Yeah, that one's going to take a lot of planning, All but right. we've we've got plenty of time for that. But uh, but yeah, finished watching the Orville, and uh, the Orville is a great TV show if you've never watched it. Um, I, I've been following along this season uh, as they put them out, and uh, yeah, so I, I've been a busy boy <laughs> this last week, um, watching a lot of TV shows and getting Final Fantasy done. Um, I spent most of my time this last week playing Final Fantasy, but we'll get to that in just a little bit. Um, hey. I will say, as a little quick disclaimer before we get into the news, um, so feature presentations coming back uh, tonight at eight. Oh, cool! Um, my guest Zach Hamilton did some of the visual effects for the Orville. Really? Mm -hmm. That's 
Fantastic. I gonna... also worked on, uh, as my Ooh. mic falls, <laughs> uh, he also worked on uh, Star Trek Picard and Strange New Worlds really? as well. He did some of the visual effects for that. So I wish I could be there to ask him questions. Well, <laughs> well, the, uh, the audio will be ready for you tomorrow. All right. Sounds good to me. But uh, you ready to go into the news for this week? Let's do it. Here we go. Today's stories were submitted to us by Mr. Carlos Longoria himself. I am the Rampage and Mr. Armez Jackson. And if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. And the first story tonight comes from TheVerge.com. Indonesia bans access to Steam, Epic Games, PayPal, and more. Um, the Indonesian government has blocked access to a range of online services, including Steam, Epic Games, PayPal, and Yahoo, after the companies failed to comply with a new requirement related to the country's restrictive content moderation laws. In line with the rules, companies deemed private electronic systems providers must register with the government's database to operate in the country or otherwise face a nationwide ban. Indonesia gave companies until July 27th to comply and has since banned those that haven't. Uh, so what do you think uh, Indonesia, like, just straight up just saying, nope, you're not allowed here anymore? Dropping the proverbial hammer, if you will. Yeah. Um. Honestly, out of all of these, and there, there's a full list uh, farther down in yeah. the article, the one that surprises me the most is PayPal. Yeah. I, because I, PayPal's been like a form of international payment for like a decade plus so i i find that one to be the the most surprising yeah, no, if I, i'm being honest i don't really understand what it is they're they're making them agree to because it doesn't the, the the article doesn't really spell it out it just says you know that they're register and comply with regulations and of course here some of the affected services are yahoo Steam, Dota 2, Counter-Strike, Epic Games, Origin, Xander, and PayPal, uh, to just name a few. And that's just, damn, they're like throwing the hammer down on these online companies. It says here the requirement is part of an overarching law called MR5. The laws give the Indonesian government the ability to obtain data about specific users as well as coerce companies into removing content that disturbs public order. But what does that mean? I don't or know is that... considered illegal. I I don't know. I mean, I'm surprised it's Yahoo of all search engines because, like, does anybody really use Yahoo anymore? It sounds to me, I mean, just from that sentence, it sounds like the Indonesian government wants all the, uh, uh, the data that they... Uh, you know, like you have Yahoo and Google, how they take like personal data from people. It sounds like the government wants p people's personal data. And, you know, that's, I don't know, that's kind of strong arm in these companies. And that I don't, I don't like that at all. It's, it sounds to me like it's all about one word and that is control. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah that's, that doesn't give I our hope... government any ideas. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, hopefully that changes though, because I mean that's especially like PayPal, um, Yahoo, Steam, like those, those are a big deal. Mm -hmm. Like PayPal is still very much used today. So hopefully, hopefully that changes. I that's hope so. that's very strange. Our next story comes to us from RetroDodo.com. Pre-orders now live for the C64 Collection 1 and Alwa's Awakening slash Cathedral Evercade cartridges. Uh, Pre-orders for two uh, Ever Evercade cartridges have gone live. The first of the two new collections due for release in October heralds the arrival of a new line of Evercade compilations. With red case cartridges covering console games and purple case for arcade titles, the C64 Collection 1 is being released in a blue case, denoting the start of the home computer subcategory for the Evercade. We talked about this a while back, that yeah. these were these were going to be made, so I was curious as to when they were going to pop back up. Um, there are 14 titles that are included in the C64 Collection 1, uh, which includes Summer Games, Winter Games, Impossible Mission, Jumpman, Lee, formerly Bru uh, Bruce Lee, without the license to use him. 
uh, gateway gateway to Upshai. I have no idea how to pronounce that. <laughs> uh, the movie monster game Marauder, Stormlord, Subterrena, Idris Alpha, Battle Valley, Alley Cat, and Street Sports Basketball. Uh, there's also Owl's Awakening and Cath- uh, Cathedral. Cathedral, um, it reminds me a little bit of Agalos. Mm-hmm. There's a, a screenshot in the um, in the article that you can take a look at. But uh, these will be available um, on Amazon, and if you look to buy them locally, you can find them at Best Buy. Uh, yeah, you can also out. go to uh, evercade.co.uk uh, to look up uh, all the stuff here. So just go to mm-hmm. that address, evercade.co.uk, and uh, check out everything they have to offer. I'd be curious to get the – there's a version of it that reminds me of the Switch that we talked about a while back that'd be it it intrigues me i don't know if i'll actually get one but it sounds kind of cool and it it looks really cool too i'd love to have one but i I doubt i'll ever have one yeah i mean it's not as expensive as you might think but it's one of those things that maybe down the line if i ever have any like extra money i might get one but yeah not very likely not a priority yeah uh, next story comes from MyNintendoNews.com. The Nintendo Switch has now sold 111.8 million units worldwide. Nintendo has announced uh, that the Nintendo Switch family of systems has now shifted over 111.8 million units worldwide since March 2017. It's a huge number of systems sold, and Nintendo also says the Switch has shifted over 863 million units of software. To put this into perspective, the last Nintendo console, the ill-fated Wii U, only managed to shift 13.5 million units from its launch in 2012 until it was replaced by the the Switch in 2017. That's a lot of freaking Switches. Partially have the pandemic to thank for that. True. Because I can remember you couldn't find a Switch anywhere because people were just buying them up because they had to have something to do (laughs) while they were on lockdown i it still surprises me that um you know a little bit that it sold this much it makes me very happy as a nintendo fan because i remember when this came out because i want to say i said this multiple times on the show i felt like the switch was nintendo's last chance at making a successful console yeah like i would have lost all my faith in them if this had bombed but it's done really well that's true i was gonna say you know they could they could have probably weathered one more failure because they do have that ridiculously large war chest from uh the the wii that you know they sold almost as many units as the switch so this being as successful as it is i'm sure i'm sure made their scrooge mcduck style uh the money silo even bigger so Whatever comes out next could fail, and then the next one after that could be successful. So I'm I'm not worried about what comes next. That would be a great what if story. Like what if Nintendo had failed at the console in the console days? It was a big risk. I mean, everything they do is a risk. People can say what they want about Nintendo, but every console they come out with is a risk because it's not the mm-hmm. norm. Well, I just think, like, how well would, say, a Zelda sell if it was available for the PlayStation or the Xbox or a Metroid? I don't know. I think there's just something special about playing those games specifically on a Nintendo console. I don't know if, if they would do as well if they were if Nintendo was software only. Maybe initially they would do well just because of curiosity's sake. Because I I have several friends who say that they would love to play a Zelda game, but they're not going to buy a Nintendo console just to do it. But it's worth it. (laughs) It It's completely worth it. And that's where Uh, Nintendo knows they have us by the the short and curlies because their games are good. And that's what you can't say anything bad. I mean, Bad about Nintendo's uh, attention to detail and polish on their games. You can't say Nintendo releases a half-assed product. No, I would agree with that. But you I mean, can say that about <laughs> Sony and Xbox. 
They release half-assed games all the time. Yeah, buy a game and then spend a day to download the update. Yeah. You didn't think we'd have a a news story from this site, but yes, we do. From (laughs) NintendoLife.com, Sega rolling out new update for Sonic Origins. I'm so happy you put this Mm -hmm. in here because I wanted to talk about that. So Sonic Origins, when it came out, the reviews were were pretty good on it, but I kept hearing about all these different bugs that were in the game, and they like, they list off a couple of specific ones, but I haven't had a problem with them personally ever since I've played. I mean, I didn't get the game right when it came out, but mm. ever since I've started playing it, I haven't really had an issue. But on August fifth, there was a patch released that fixed a total, and I went through and counted. 47 bugs (laughs) in the game. Uh, Most notable uh, from Sonic the Hedgehog 2, a bug was fixed where Tails would not return from outside the screen and a sound effect would continually play. Uh, Caused the sound effect for collecting rings to be interrupted when collecting them in quick succession. Uh, And Sonic 3 and Knuckles fixed a bug where leaving many item boxes in front of the sub-boss of Hydra City Zone Act 1 would cause the game to crash when defeating the sub-boss and moving on to the next act. How could you leave this many bugs in a game before you release it? It was crazy. I'm like sitting here just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And I'm like, how do you let this... Like you said, how do you release this with this many freaking bugs in it? I don't know. And maybe it's hypocritical of me because I bought the game. But and playing through them on the Switch has been nice. Like they're they're remastered in widescreen, which is really cool. But I wish they would have put like one or two more of the the classic games like you could have put Sonic 3D Blast on here. No problem. You could have put even, you know, the like a couple of the spinoff games would have been cool instead of just putting these four. But that's just me. Yeah, I'm, it's I'm, so fun to play, though. I mean, it's good to know that they're still working on it and they fix all the bugs. But geez, that's that's a list like a mm-hmm. laundry list of bugs that you should have caught before this thing went out the door. Yeah, I don't get it. The the last story tonight comes also from Nintendo Life. Hot Lap League is a slick arcade racer, and it's out now. From publisher Ultimate Studio, Hot Lap League is a time trial-focused racing game. Pits you against both the clock and a host of real player ghosts as you work to perfect your driving skills. It's all out for the Switch right now, with the Deluxe Edition setting you back uh, seventeen ninety nine pounds, which I don't know what that relates to in uh, dollars. Pro- I think they're roughly about the same right now. Uh, features a range of visual customization options and a plethora of bonkers tracks with loops and boosts to truly test your ability to nail the best time possible. And um, I-, I don't know, this kind of seems like uh, we were talking about racing games last week. This looks like something that might be pretty fun to uh, to try out for the Switch. Uh, 1799 pounds equates to $21.74. Wow, the dollar is beating the hell out of the pound right now. Right. (laughs) USA! USA! (laughs) Uh, should have worn my Captain America shirt. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I watched the trailer for this before we started. It looks pretty fun. Like, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of racing games, but if you're a fan of the genre, it looks really fun. And for 20 bucks... Yeah, it's not it. terrible, I don't think. So I doubt that I get it personally, but it still looks pretty cool. I don't know. If I get a little extra cash, I might try it out. I've been looking for a good racing game lately. Ever since we talked about F Zero last week, kind of been having an itch to play a racing game. Yeah, I haven't played when was the last time it's been forever since I played Mario Kart. Me too. Or really any kind of racing game, if I think about it. Probably a couple of years since I've touched it at this point. Yeah, it's probably pretty close for me, too. I think, yeah, it's been a while since I've played Mario Kart. I might have to remedy that this week. But uh, (laughs) now we are going into this month in video game history. August of 1979, Atari releases Lunar Lander, 
first arcade version of a game concept created on many computers 10 years earlier. And uh, I think we should probably try to find a ROM of Lunar Lander and uh, give it a whirl because I heard a lot about this game over the last, you know, like since I've been paying attention to retro gaming again since, what, 2015 or so. I hear about this game a lot. Like, this is a lot of people's uh, first game they ever played in the arcade. Like, people love Lunar Lander. It's one of those games that, even if you've never played it, you know its name. Mm -hmm. Because when you think of games from that era, there's there's not really like a mascot kind of character like a Mario or a Sonic. So you just think of those classic arcade titles, and Lunar Lander is one of them. Mm-hmm. I personally have never played it. I would Me certainly neither. like to. So I, I think we should try it. We should. I'd be a fan of it. Yeah. Uh, August 12th of 1981, the IBM personal computer is released for a whopping $1,565 with 16 kilobytes of RAM, no disk drives, and four, count that one, two, three, four, <laughs> color CGA graphics. Four the pinnacle wow. of computers back then. <laughs> could, uh, could you do a uh, uh, can, um, inflation calculator real quick and see how much $1,565 is now from 1981? Let's see. Calculator. I'm going to guess... I'm going to say $11,000. Well, that's a good guess. I would I would have said like 13. Uh let's see. Inflation. So this would have been 1981. One. Let's see 1981. $1, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, $5,101. You know, even though it's not quite as high as eleven dollars or $13,000, $5,000 is still a lot of money. Would you, personally, right now, would you drop $5,000 on a computer? Probably not. I wouldn't either. It's a lot of money. Yeah, I'd use it to fund my next movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And oh, man. August 25th of 1997, Rare releases GoldenEye 007 for the Nintendo 64. And uh, who doesn't love GoldenEye for the N64? One of the pinnacle games for that system. GoldenEye walked so games like Halo could run. Yeah. Like, it's is Halo a better multiplayer game than GoldenEye? In my opinion, yes. Would it be as good without the foundation that GoldenEye laid? Probably not. Yeah, it it was such. I mean, yeah, you had to share a screen and you could cheat and look at what everybody else was doing on the screen, but you could do the same thing with Halo later on if you're all playing on the same screen. But I don't know though. Something there, there was that special sauce with the um, with not only Halo, like yeah, I do, we have so many good memories of Halo, but man, I have a lot of good memories of Goldeneye as well. A lot of late nights were spent playing the the Nintendo sixty four, playing Goldeneye with friends. I probably have more vivid memories with Halo, but yeah. I, I do remember on multiple occasions spending you know a Friday night at a friend's house playing Goldeneye for hours. Oh yeah. It, it's such a good game and one of the few like film adaptations that has a good story mode. Like It follows the movie, mm-hmm. but it's still fun to play. It's not necessarily a great James Bond movie, but still good no. nonetheless. <laughs> it's watchable. Yeah, it's it's not the best by any stretch, but also definitely not the worst. Yeah, it's very. If you want to know what the 90s was like, just go watch GoldenEye. <laughs> it's... I'd say slightly above middle of the road for me. Yeah, it's a little better than the, some of the Roger Moore stuff. Like it's, it's up there above like Moonraker, <laughs> but <laughs> not quite as high as like you know, uh, um, I don't know, like Casino Royale and stuff like that. Like it's way below those, but you know, it's it's above. Uh, her, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Like, it's better than those. 
Yeah, I I would definitely say so. Like the those Roger Moore movies, like they're and I don't want to get into a full James Bond movie discussion, but like those movies are absolutely a product of their time. I loved them as a kid. I love because they used to be on TBS all the time, and they would do like James Bond weekends where it just like they would do nothing but play James Bond movies all weekend long. And as a kid, I ate it up. I loved that Roger Moore stuff, but dude. I don't know if you've gone back to try to watch something like Octopussy these days or, you know, like I said, Moonraker. Ugh, they're not yeah, I can't good. Say, can't say that I have. <laughs> I, same, like, I was introduced to James Bond with Roger Moore because my dad was a huge James Bond fan. So, you know, we, he, he had all of them recorded. So I watched them and I loved them as a kid. But then as I got older, I watched like the Sean Connery ones. And I'm mm-hmm. like, these are just so much better. Yeah, <laughs> they were. They're still yeah. watchable. But man, those Roger Moore ones are, they're hard to go back and watch. They're not good. Um, I'm sure. I'm not even going to attempt it. Uh, close us out for this month in video game history. August 28th of 2000, Camelot Software Planning releases Mario Tennis for the Nintendo 64 in North America and also features the debut of Waluigi, mm-hmm. one of the more popular side characters uh, in the Mario universe. And I remember playing this game, uh, getting it when it came out. I wasn't really into like the Mario Party or the Mario Golf, you know, and I know Mario Strikers has come out since then, but I was never really big into like the sports spinoffs of Mario, but there was something about the tennis one that just like the advertising for it just appealed to me and played it, really enjoyed it. I also played it for the Game Boy Color and it was really good too. I don't think I have ever played a video game tennis game. Have I reviewed Mario Tennis? I don't think so. Maybe you should. If I ha- if I haven't, that's what I'll review for next week. Okay. Sounds good. I'll I'll, I'll have to look and see. <laughs> All right. Uh, but that brings us to the end of this month in video game history. But before we go into the review for tonight, Derek has Patreon shoutouts. As always, we'd like to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout out Daniel Salmon, Tyler Watson, a.k.a. The Fact Checker to The Fact Checker, Axeblade07, Armez Jackson, Hand Solo, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. Rampage, Rampage. Staff Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Mr. B-Rez Coffee, Mike Eveland, the Emerald Coast fact checker, Brandon Rutledge, and everyone's favorite pro wrestler, Joey Image. Thank you all so much for your continued contributions and keeping the lights on for us here at the Nerd Cave Retro Show. If you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community, you get early access to our amazing and fun commentary tracks. Like mm-hmm. this past month, we did a nice TGIF time block with some Family Matters and Full House. That was... A lot of fun to go back. There were a couple of cringeworthy moments on the yeah. shows, but they, <laughs> they're, they're fun to go back and watch. But uh, also for you patrons, too, uh, we got a new short episode coming up for for patrons. Patreon-exclusive content coming up soon called the NCR News Dump, where me and Mr. Wally Phelps will cover whatever the big news of gaming news of the week will be give our comments on it so if you want to get access to that patreon exclusive ncr news dump we're gonna do every week go be a patron for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash retro we want to tell you all about our friends over at videogamesmonthly.com if you're looking for a way to beef up your video game collection then they have you covered just head over there Pick the box you want and tell them what systems you want games for and boom, it's like Christmas every single month. So if you're looking for that perfect gift for a loved one or just treating yourself every single month, and I mean, hey, you deserve it. Just head over to videogamesmonthly.com and enter NCR in the Where Did You Hear About Us line at checkout and you will get a free game in your first month's box. That's right, an extra game absolutely free so head over to videogamesmonthly.com are you a coffee lover do you sometimes need that little extra boost for some all-night gaming sessions well you should head over to brezcoffeeco.com 
They have so many different flavors of coffee. Doesn't matter what type of coffee you like, they got you covered. Try the Good For Gaming Roast or the Two Hardies One Ship, which is a rum and dark chocolate flavored roast. Not to mention, they keep their seasonal flavors all year long, like the Fall Spice or the Sweet Tooth. They can even add flavors to your coffee. So whatever you need, head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use the code NCR for 10% off of your order. So, absolutely. what do you say? Are you ready to go into this review for this evening? I've got my coffee ready, so let's dive right Here in. Here we go. part of picking music for this game to uh, do the little intro is every single piece of music for this game is a masterpiece and I did I just basically just eeny meeny miny mode it and, and just picked one because the music I got a little so Pirates good. of the Caribbean vibe from that track dude, that was really good it's got pirate like there's elements of like Pirates of the Caribbean dude there's Star Wars there's Every, like every little piece of music reminds you of something else. It's so perfectly crafted for this game because that that's what this game is is like it's elements of everything like that we love. There's like little pieces of Star Wars in there and there's little pieces of Blade Runner and just like st- steampunk stuff. Like everything you love about sci-fi there's a little bit of it in this game. And what I'm talking about is the Final Fantasy VII Remake, which was released in 2020. I played it for the PS4, and the reason I played this game is because we did get a huge contribution uh, a couple of months ago from one of our uh, patrons and listeners, and one of the stipulations was that they wanted me to review a Final Fantasy VII game. So first thing I did, I went out and bought this for the PS4, and I got the, uh, the Switch version as well. And I figured I better play the Switch version first so I kind of get the, the feel for the original. And I reviewed that a few weeks ago. Uh, and then I delved into this immediately afterwards. And man, this game sucked me in with... You know how much I love a good, good story-driven action game. And boy, did this game deliver. Like, And I'm going to praise this game so much because... And I know I talk a lot of crap about Final Fantasy and everything, but this is the one that everybody says is the most accessible. It's uh, it's the one that's like, it's a complete uh, self-contained story. Like, it doesn't have anything to do with any of the other Final Fantasy. It's just set in that Final Fantasy. It's just got a Final Fantasy name on it. Like, you, this could have been something completely different, and I would still feel the exact same about it. Because this game, I'm not going to lie, it's... I know I'm I'm fresh off of it, and I don't have any like distance from it to really think about it. But I'm gonna say this game, and it's a masterpiece. I'm a little surprised to hear you say that. I I, I didn't know what to expect, you know, because I I feel like this remake has been talked about for a long time. Mm-hmm. Because the original came out in the late 90s, and I remember hearing, I want to say at least five or six years ago, that this was going to be remade. And I remember seeing like early screen caps of it, and it looked amazing. Yeah. And I'm I'm like, dude, the visuals in this game are incredible. The uh, mixed with the music, the, the, the voice acting, like some of my favorite characters are in this game. Like, I want more from these characters that are in this game. Well, it seems like you will because it says here it's the first of a planned trilogy of games remaking Final Fantasy VII. Well, that's the thing. It says, uh, I put uh, in the notes here too, there's an article here for Final Fantasy VII. Uh, called, it's, it's part two of the Final Fantasy VII remake, and it's called Final Fantasy um, uh, Remake called Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. And you can get to this article on IGN.com. It's going to be out uh, next winter in 2023. So we have a whole another year before it comes out. But like you said, there's going to be 
well, supposedly three parts to it because the original game is pretty huge. Like, it, it took me, what, 20? Uh, how many hours did I put into it? I didn't even finish the original. I was close to the end. But I put roughly 25 hours into that game. I put 25 hours into this game and only... And, like, this game is only the first third of that game. This is just the Midgar stuff. Like, you don't even leave Midgar. This is that entire Midgar section fleshed out as fleshed out as it could possibly be. They wrung out every single bit of story that they could get. Like, they stretched everything out. They fleshed everything out. And it was a good 25 hours in this game to finish it. And which to me is... You know me, I like a good, and I've said it a hundred times before, a good game to me is somewhere between 12 to 15 hours. Because if you play something like Resident Evil 7 Remake, uh, Resident, Evil, Resident Evil 2 Remake, I think that's roughly about 10 with the two stories if you play it all the way through. Um, but this one being 25, I felt like was the perfect amount. I mean... Maybe they could have shaved a little bit out of it. They maybe, but you're so en enchanted by the world and the people, and you just—I just wanted to explore the world. Just that, and the entire there's something intriguing about that weird mix of you have the 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 plate where all the rich people live, and you know you're trying to take out the the reactors and everything. Then you have the undercity, which is where I wanted to spend most of my time. That's where all the cool stuff was, was the Undercity, like the slums and the, you know, the, the wall market and all that stuff. Like I could have spent, I could have spent all my time in there if this was like an MMO situation. It seems like it's the right decision by them to split this into three games because it's almost like, you know, when you talk about like the Harry Potter movies, you can go back and look at how long the books were mm -hmm. and you think, well, Maybe like Goblet of Fire, for example, probably should have been two movies because you see the size of that book and it's huge. I, I like the fact that they've taken so much like attention to detail mm -hmm. with this. And I have not played the remake, but I did watch some gameplay of it and I've looked at some screen caps. Like you said, everything from the visuals, the music, the voice acting everything you can tell that not a single bit of this game is half-assed yeah no they didn't they did not skimp anywhere in this game and the way the story folds out in front of you and, and the whole story arc that you go on just in the that this first third of the game as a whole the story arc that you your character cloud goes through and being in a group with these people who are you could say they're eco terrorists, but you know they're they're trying to save the planet. The planet is dying because of this company that's you know sucking all the planet juice, which you can go get right now. Planet Juice T-shirt at uh, ncrmerch.com, and uh, but yeah, the, the way the story plays out just sucks you in, and the character development with all these characters just like. I don't think I've played a game that I've been this into, like really into for a long time to where I couldn't wait to get back to playing it after, you know, I would play for a couple of hours be like, okay, I've played enough for today. I would just think about it and be like, can't wait till I can get back to it and play some more. I don't think I've had a feeling about a game like that since Breath of the Wild. Just, you know, because yeah. there is a game that comes along every now and then it's where you feeling. just... It's that feeling. That's yeah. the last time I had this feeling as well, was playing Breath of the Wild. Where it's like, as soon as you put it down, like, you might kind of clear your head for a few minutes, but you're like, I could play more. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't, but I'll play more. I could play more. And, you know, there's so many... And I would say, yes, go back. If you have the time... Go back and, and you've never played these games. Do go back and, and play the original because that'll make you appreciate this one much more. Especially it, it did for me because it has all of those quality of life uh, improvements that I spoke of last time. Especially with things like 
you know, with your your quest log, like you can go in and look at what you're supposed to be doing when you talk after you talk to somebody and get a quest. Like it tells you your map gives you like you know like waypoints where you can go and finish your quests, do the things you're supposed to do. You're not you don't just listen to like the original game where somebody gives you a quest and then it disappears. I'm like and you're supposed to just remember where they told you to go and I'm like, well. Been a few days since I played. I have no idea where I'm supposed to go or what I'm supposed to do. And so this one has all those quality of life improvements. The the I understood the materia system much better in this game. Like you know, putting the materia in the the weapons and the 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 armor and all that stuff and uh, what characters are better at what you know. Like there's melee characters. There's long range characters that you take along with you. And I love the combat in this game because it's not turn-based. It is straight up action RPG type of fighting. And it has a little bit of element of that where you could switch between the characters, um, you know, while you're fighting, which I tend to do a lot because as much as I like playing as cloud, I prefer to play a range character which is why I ended up playing Barrett a lot when he was in my uh, group, because I, I, like I said, I like to be a ranged character. And when you're a melee character and you're playing a game like this, and you're play, you got a lot of enemies around you, or you know, you're you're having these huge boss fights where these bosses that you're fighting are like the size of a building. Like there's a lot of chaos going on on the screen, and I like to be kind of away from it so I can see everything. And that's that's partially why I like to play Barrett a lot in the game so I could kind of pull back and see what's going on. Was the original version turn-based yes. as far as combat goes? Yeah. Okay. I'm like glad they fixed that because yeah. as much as I love older RPGs, that turn-based system, I just, it's rough. Yeah, I don't go like through, Especially playing it now. At all. Like, I get it. Like, trust me, I understand. I do not like turn-based at all. This is just straight-up combat. That's very smart by Square Enix to do that. Yeah. Because I would have expected them to just leave that. Because you know, when you think of Remake, you don't think that they're just revamping like a core aspect of the game. Yeah. That's really cool. And I think you would really enjoy this game uh, if you go and play Like I said, I got the same feeling that I had playing Breath of the Wild. And I think you would too because you're you're somebody like me who loves science fiction you know, you, there's a lot of there's Star Wars references in the game, of course, with Biggs, uh, with a uh, wedge, and um, it, I think his name was Biggs, uh, one of the guys in the game. Um, it, there's Biggs and Wedge, but there, I mean, there's just so many, like not references, but you can tell they're inspired by things like, uh, you know, Blade Runner, um, like all the good sci-fi stuff that we like. Like I said, Star Wars, Blade Runner, Star Trek, all those elements, they take little elements of things and put them in this game to tell the story and build this world that, like, the world itself is just as much a character as the characters you're playing. And I think that gets lost a lot with games. Like, I try to play games like Grand Theft Auto V and Assassin's Creed, and I just, I don't get into those games, and I don't really know why. It's because I don't enjoy the world that I'm in. If I don't enjoy the environment that I'm in, I can't stick with a game. It doesn't draw me in. But this game has that world and world weird world building where you just... I want to know more. Like I would read books about this world. I would play an MMO about this world. Like It's so out there and interesting. Well, that's what's great about games like this and what I enjoy as well, like you mentioned, is getting it's almost like a movie. Yeah. You yeah. want to get lost in the world. Like you want to see like the little nuances that are going on. Like not even just so with the main characters, but with you know minor characters that you meet that might sound kind of interesting and just being a part of it. Like Breath of the Wild. I loved that version of Hyrule. Mm -hmm. I wanted to know more about what happened to cause it to become that way. Yeah. Other games are like that too. And I'm, I'm glad that, and you know, you, you think of people who grew up like with watching star Wars and being a fan of that blade runner and others, 
you see that in movies too, little elements that are inspired by things that came before. So it, it's cool that, you know, that's included in games as well. And that's exactly like you hit the nail on the head playing this game. I felt like I just got done watching like a movie or like a really good uh, multi multi episode series of something because the the transition from from the uh, you know the the fight the fighting uh, the battles and stuff to the cutscenes are so seamless and just keep the the momentum going during those sequences and you get like you know you, you'll have these chapters you go through where it's just boom 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 it's just one battle after another and it goes on for a few hours of game time but then you hit that one big boss battle and then things breathe for a bit you know and you get to just kind of settle down and go to a new area and you know talk to new people and things like that like the game is paced so well that like like i said you'll you'll be doing these one after another you know, battles and cutscenes for like two straight hours. And then it's just, whew, you get like that breath where you catch up and think about everything that just happened, you know? And then you're like, all right, well, I got another couple hours of, you know, doing quests for people and things like that. And it's, it's not an open world game. Like it's not like an MMO or anything like that. It's very linear. Like you're not going to get to go like explore the entire world. I mean, you can, later in the game if you want you can just go wherever you want because the whole place is open up to you at that point like you can go back to places there it's very metroidvania like that there's a lot of backtracking and things like that but it is very linear like it pushes you to that next objective and keeps the story going and i think they did it masterfully that was going to be my next question is how open world like i wasn't expecting it to be like a breath of the wild but do you have to like once you complete a certain area do you have to go somewhere else and then you can't go back sometimes it is like that there as the story progresses there are certain spots where like okay if you go to this next spot you're not going to be able to come back to this area for a while or you need do you know you still have open quests do you want to leave this area because if you leave you're not going to be able to come back there are certain sections like that in the game and then further along you get in the game you know there's a part where you know the sector 7 slums get decimated because they drop one of the like the the company Shinra drops one of the plates onto you know the the undercity to get basically frame you and your friends at which are you're called avalanche to blame you for it and you can't go back to that section after that so the game does let you know like if you go if you progress the story from this point forward you're not going to be able to come back that's interesting i like i said i had no idea what open world or lack thereof aspect there was but i that I guess it's not surprising. But yeah, I mean, once you beat the game, though, you can go back to any chapter you want. Oh, good. And replay chapters. So that's one of the things you get to do once you finish the game. Um, because there are really cool spots in the game that, you know, I there were some places where I, I did want to just progress the story and I didn't finish some of the side quests that I was on. And I was just like, eh, I don't really want to do these right now. Like, I want to get... Like, I really want to see what happens next in the story. So I was like, yeah, I'll just forget these little quests and maybe come back later if I can. I think you've sold me on this. I, I'm, I'm telling gonna, you. I'm going to have to play it. I think you would really enjoy it. Like, I felt like I got done watching a really good sci-fi movie or TV series. Yeah, I'm going to need to play this. Once I get some free time, I, I would... Because I've been... Like there's been a couple of you know RPGs that I've been playing off and on, but I haven't had one to really hook me because I've been really wanting like a a good long form game to play. Yeah, and it it does have a lot of um a lot of Resident Evil vibes in it too. Like with some of the you know you later on in the game with some of the laboratory stuff and some of the the final places you go to and some of the enemies you have to fight. Like it has a very you know, that ending of Resident Evil 2 
uh, you know, in the uh, the umbrella, <laughs> um, the underground facility or whatever, it does have a lot of that feeling to it, and that really spoke to me because I was like, that I'm getting a lot of Resident Evil vibes right now in this game. Yeah, I I don't know if I would pick those up because I haven't really played Resident Evil, but it's it's still cool that you know they take little elements of different movies and other games and yeah. combine it into into one. And Brandon Rutledge had asked me on the uh, the Discord yesterday when I told everybody I finished. It, he said, asked me which was was my favorite character playable or not. And hands down, my favorite character in the game is Barrett. Like I want a whole game with just him. Like he's just awesome. He's the best, one of the best video game characters ever. I think they should make a spinoff for him, the Barrett Chronicles, a Final Fantasy story. I would play it. Barrett's awesome. <laughs> and as, as you go through the game, you know you get new weapons that you can equip to to your characters. And one of the cool weapons that he gets is this big, like, because he's got a gun for a hand, which I don't know how that works because it seemed like that would really get infected. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> um, you get you have. There's this one you get later on in the game after you defeat one of the bosses, like a ball and chain, that basically you just like swing a ball and chain around with your arm. It's freaking awesome. Like some of the weapons you get in this game are crazy. And I mean, with a name like Barrett, what's not to like? Yeah, and there's actually there's a YouTube uh, video of everything. Uh, well, he he has his. Rampage said, "How does he wipe? Like he still his left hand is still free." <laughs> but uh, but there's a fair YouTube, question though. There's a YouTube video where they took all of Barrett's lines in the game and just made a mashup of all of them, and it's like two and a half hours long of everything he says in the game. Oh, that's awesome! But yeah, he's my favorite character in the game, and um, I just love that character more than anything and I, I would love to play a game with just him. Like I don't know if he would work in his own game by himself, but I'm I'm ready to get back into this world and play more more story with Barrett. I mean we, the the sequel comes out next year, but honestly, it'll be here sooner than you think. I hope so cuz I'm ready. I am so ready to play more of this story. So has this turned your opinion on the Final Fantasy franchise? I mean, I would have to play something else, Final Fantasy, because I, I, I don't know. I feel like this is the standout of that whole Final Fantasy, you know, the whole Final Fantasy thing. Like, I feel like this is one of the weird kind of standout separate stories that stands on its own, so... I don't know. I'd have to go and play another uh, uh, something else from Final Fantasy, but for right now, like this is all I care about. Like I just want more of of seven. I'd be curious to get your thoughts on Final Fantasy three because I I played that on the it's on the SNES Classic and it, it's it's pretty good. I, I did start playing it a little bit, but I got uh, frustrated because I got to a part where uh, I was in one of the underground caves and I messed up. And I can't go back where I was. I forgot exactly what happened, but basically, I think I have to restart the game because I'm stuck. And um, mm. so I, I don't know. I'm gonna have to give that one another go, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I never finished it, but what I did play of it, I enjoyed it. But uh, being fresh off the game, like I said, I, I really love it. You know, I. I don't think I need to get some space from it. I, I think I'm still going to love this game just as much, you know, six months down the line as I do right now. Um, let's see, what are some of the Metacritic scores for the PS4? Uh, 87 out of 100, PS5, 89 out of 100, and PC, 87 out of 100. So this has got some really high scores. Uh, GameSpot gave it a 10 out of 10. IGN gave it an 8 out of 10. Uh, the Guardian, five stars. Uh, Destructoid gave it a 9 out of 10 for the PS4 and an 8 out of 10 for the PS5. I played it for the PS4. I don't really know um, it, why they would drop it a point for the PS5. Maybe there's some something weird going on there. but I, I, And I don't know how, much, how you could possibly make this game look any better 
that it like it is optimized on the PS4. And I, I I would love to see it on the PS5, but man, the visuals on this game are something like I've never seen. Yeah, a lot. You can tell a lot of care went into this game, for sure. But for my my score, I have to give it a straight ten out of ten. Like this is one of the wow. best games I've ever played. Like far as story based action RPGs, this game was just spoke my language. Like I loved everything about this game. I'm floored. I was not expecting you to give it a ten. I was thinking like <laughs> at the most a nine. I mean, it's up there. Like this, this. I know it came out in 2020, and as much as I love the Ninja Turtles, this is the best game I've played this year. I can respect that. It's so good. I'm, I'm telling you, if you're out there listening and you've never played this before. Go get it. It's really cheap right now for the PS4 if you have a PS4. Uh, I don't know what it is on uh, on the PC. I think it, they just ca- it just came out on PC not too long ago. Um, what What's Blasphemous Rampage? He says Blasphemous in the chat room. I don't understand what he's saying is Blasphemous. Um, but yeah, I think it just dropped on PC not too long ago. Um, but yeah, this is definitely worth every penny. That whatever you pay for it, it's worth it every penny. So I my one hundred percent recommendation for this game. Well, now I have to play it. I may even send you my copy. <laughs> just I'll just mail it to you. Like here, take it, play it. Okay. Uh, if it shows up on my doorstep one day, as like, well, I guess I have to play it now. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's my review of Final Fantasy VII. Two thumbs up, ten out of ten, hundred out of a hundred, whatever. Five shots of tequila out of five, whatever your your number system is, it's a perfect score. God, five shots of tequila, I'd be on the floor unconscious. Hey, I, he says nothing is better than a turtle's beat em up. Don't get me wrong, I love the turtles game, but that took I beat that in like an hour and a half. <laughs> this game, you know, was significantly uh, meatier on the bone. That was like a a, a a really good grilled cheese sandwich. This game is a steak dinner. Now I want steak. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all I have to say. I hope you hope you guys liked my review for it. I promised I would review it as soon as I got done with it. And like I said, as soon as I finished the original, I started playing this and was hooked. I dig it. I really dig it. But uh, But that's all that we have. For this week and uh so what's you already talked about what's coming up on feature presentations coming back tonight yep tonight 8 p.m on youtube just search for feature presentation you'll be able to find the link to watch live uh, you can follow the show on social media at feature press pod i'll be back every monday night from here on out uh shooting uh my short film this upcoming weekend so i'll have an update on that uh next week and then, yeah, that's if you want to follow uh, what's going on, I'll probably post some behind the scenes photos after the weekend. But it's at the feature movie on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And uh, tonight for open micers at open micers on Twitter and Instagram, we will be talking to Mr. Brant Tobler. If you know that name, he is from R.A. Schaefer's uh, Skeptic Tank. Uh, he's got a best selling book called Free Roll. And he's going to be on the show tonight, so go check it out. We have a full month of really good comics, uh, comedians, coming up this month. So go check that out. Follow us at Open Micers on Twitter and Instagram. And I also wanted to say, uh, don't forget to send us your voicemails at anchor.fm slash Retro, and I'll play them at the end of the show. So if you have anything to say about my review for Final Fantasy VII, that's where you send them to, and I'll play them on the show. And another thing that helps out the show, please, I know I say it at the very end, go review us wherever you listen to podcasts, especially like Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. I think you can review uh, podcasts on iHeartRadio as well. Wherever you listen to the podcast, if you have a way to review it, please do so. It helps us rise in the rankings because we've been getting some crazy download numbers lately, and I like seeing those numbers go up. But we're not getting a whole lot of reviews. So you guys, please, just take one minute out of your day and go either give the show a thumbs up, a five-star review, or an actual review if you can. And we would love you forever. 
So, Derek, is there anything else we need to talk about before we get out of here? Nope, I think you covered it all. All right, well, let's walk out the door. If you would like to email us, email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. And, of course, nerdcaveretro.com now takes you to our link tree, which takes you to our Twitter and Instagram. It also takes you to our merch shop, ncrmerch.com, where you can get that Planet Juice t-shirt. So if you're playing the Final Fantasy VII Remake, you need to have yourself a Planet Juice t-shirt. And if you don't want Planet Juice, we got all kind of other t-shirts over there, ncrmerch.com. Of course, you can follow us individually at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond and patreon.com slash retro as little as a dollar a month helps keep the lights on and please leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are given away for free so Derek please tell them what it's all about may the way of the hero lead to the Triforce yes. I love the power glove it's so bad